The doctors. They're the real heroes, man. Nah, bro, it's the nurses. And the first responders. Yeah! Yeah! Especially the cops. Is, is that the, the troops? Even the troops love doctors and nurses. The Sky Troops. Do you think if all the troops got together and formed their own hospital, we could beat this virus? Something just came out of the plane. What's that dangling from the parachute? It's probably masks and ventilators. Nah, brah, it's our Trump bucks. Actually, judging by the height, width, and depth of the container and its rate of fall with that size parachute, it's probably a Gates Foundation 3112 toilet to the future. <laughs> Maybe it's love. I want to get under it and let it crush me in its embrace. Everyone, Everyone run, run toward it! it. Feel the heat of their love and passion! My flesh! My flesh! I give my flesh to the troops! Is this because I fucked a troop's wife? podcast about a city we hate to love and uh we're back in quarantine uh colin is still in the worst quarantine of all fatherhood (laughs) 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 uh, how you doing over there greg hey man boat pilled and loving it hell yeah (laughs) dude the people that were running the house next to me just moved out and we were talking to their landlord who was over there cleaning some stuff up and they told us that they had moved out to go move on to a boat so people are joining you in droves greg it's the world of the future a water world um mm, so they're gone now and you can't tell them about the fuel leak i've been cleaning up for the last uh 26 hours or so Oh, why would I try and discourage them? Yeah, okay. Uh, anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, Greg, um, you know, we had a, an imagined salute to the troops at the beginning here, but um, on Friday, right outside our dream. street. <laughs> yeah, right. We had a dream. No, Friday, right outside our street, we had a real salute to the medical troops uh, as a fire truck went by blaring its fucking siren and alarm and shit followed immediately by another fire truck blasting inspirational hip-hop oh my uh, god is that what the fuck that was last night dude there were (laughs) i was there were for over for like a half hour there were fire trucks streaming down nickerson blaring and i was like a huge building must be on fire it never occurred to me that maybe they were just celebrating the um the caregiving troops is that possible if it if it happened around 7 p.m greg that is in <sighs> fact what it was that very much could have wow it didn't even occur yeah 
we were ordered to go out onto our, uh, I guess, you know, patios and whatnot and cheer the uh, brave firefighters on. Instead, Bren ran out because uh, I think I was pooping, as we had discussed earlier. This has been a problem for me this week. Uh, Bren ran out and just yelled at them to shut the fuck up. Because <laughs> well, it's fucking this is annoying. The first I've ever personally heard one of these <laughs> nightly celebrations of any kind because I've not. You know, I live basically in an industrial area, except like there's like a hundred people living in this marina. Um, no, not a single person has ever like gone out in their cockpit of their boat and like clapped or anything, as far as I can tell. But yeah, because why would they? And as far as I can tell, nobody did it here either, because I think most people just got immediately panicked that there was some huge fire somewhere. <laughs> right? Seriously, that's what I thought. I was like, holy shit! I mean, I've seen like multiple like hook and ladders like go down the road. There must be like some conflagration on west westlake or something it's yeah it's probably happening like nowhere it's just like a there's a few like urban lib twits you know who they have footage of doing it um and uh that's gonna you know be just one piece of the propaganda that convinces the country like we're all we're all doing fine we're we're all hanging in there together when we're doing nothing of the sort when this is just an absolute uh, travesty that is, you know, forget forget that it reveals the utter incompetence um, of this administration or of our political system in general or the fragility of the the late late imperial state. Um, you know, it's just actually really practically just a going to be a holocaust of the most marginalized people in America. But hey, uh, everybody clap, you know. Yeah, cool. I mean, you know, uh, I guess. In uh, in the spirit of the fire truck drive-bys, uh, when the Seattle uh, Indian Health Board did ask for supplies, they did send them body bags. So that's the other message, right? That we're getting. Yeah, that's some, uh, that was that's some fucked up shit. I mean, that's so on the nose that, like, you want <laughs> to believe that it's like that that is the result of like just a very on the nose um, reveal of structural racism. But I'm suspicious that wasn't actually just somebody's some, somebody very racist idea of a joke. Like, cause that's just so like, Mm. that's so dead on. I mean, you know, I guess more likely it is the first thing that it's structural, right? A request comes in, um, and just, you know, as stuff gets distributed, there's essentially a metaphorical bin of stuff going to this. Um, who was it? What Native American organization was it? Well, it's called the Seattle Indian Health Board. And okay. it's one of these groups that I believe works with the BIA to distribute supplies okay. at a local level to tribes. Yeah. So, right. And so, like, you know, there's this metaphorical basket of resources going to there. And just the only one that uh, the only thing that shows up in it, you know, is that mm-hmm. as it gets passed over many times by s- people trying to allocate the resources that we don't have enough of. And that's, that's where that stuff isn't going to. And the fact that it just happens to be the, the body bags are just the one thing that make it in is like this perfect sort of uh, illustration of, yeah, the, uh, the state of America, but uh, honestly it could have been someone's really sick joke. 
Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, it is uh, uh, the the Seattle Times review of the Washington response to this did highlight that in the 2009 sort of uh, SARS uh, concern and swine flu concern that uh, this kind of thing happened a lot, right? Which is because nobody thought about distributing health supplies or anything until like it was actually required. And because they had let all the apparatuses that would handle that completely rot and deteriorate that uh, supplies all went to the wrong places or more often just never got there at all. So, I mean, it could yeah. be incompetence. Uh, it's just one of those things that, that like really, it really puts a, a, a point on a thing that's actually happening. Well, I, yeah, but I, I think know? the one thing it's yeah. not is incompetence, right? I mean, it's, yeah. again, it could, it's anything from a, a, a sick joke to by some, you know, like functionary, um, mm. which I guess is unlikely, but it just seems so on the nose that, but, but not incompetence. It's you know it is the struck the our white supremacist sort of structure, which mm-hmm. in a time when there genuinely are not enough uh, resources needed resources to go around for you know uh, reasons of you know austerity. The, when they do go around, what little there is, they're going because of the white supremacist structure of our country. They the marginalized you know uh not white communities are going to be passed over and they're gonna die so yeah yeah i mean mean, that's not incompetence um that's it goes it goes beyond that you know yeah well it's also the functioning of a system that you have allowed to deteriorate but allowed to deteriorate in very specific ways right you know so you know uh they didn't have to like blow the dam uh, to sink the Ninth Ward in Katrina, right? Because they had just allowed certain things to deteriorate and kept other things up, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it did the work yeah. for them in a way. But um, yeah, it's uh, especially bleak. Um, but luckily, uh, I thought a friend of the show, Rich Smith, had a very, uh, we'll say, enlightening article the stranger uplifting that we'll definitely link to in the show notes and you should absolutely go read uh but yeah it uh i I felt like it really yeah it uplifted us out of this i mean we're feeling like you know this is neoliberalism run amok uh eighty thousand dead already we're gonna shoot past 200 uh you know (laughs) three times as many as like the next country (laughs) of covid deaths um you know, we just need something to, to let's know that some government still works, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, some <laughs> government works. Uh, this is such. I mean, are you going to read some of it? Yeah, fuck it. Let's read it. Whatever. This well, thing is so fucking good. Thing, but you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. like let's let's like. I mean, this you got to get some of the context here because this is kind of important. Yeah, yeah. Let's go through. So. <clears throat> On Thursday, Council President Lorena Gonzalez and Council Member Teresa Mosquito pulled the Amazon or tax Amazon legislation sponsored by Council Members Shama Sawant and Tammy Morales, which would tax the payrolls of big business to pay for pandemic relief checks this year and then later on housing and Green New Deal infrastructure. The council's budget committee planned to vote on the tax next week after two long meetings last month on the three bill package. Now, this is so so Lorena Gonzalez and Teresa Mosquito basically pulled the tax Amazon legislation so it couldn't be voted on. Right. So we're not even going to fucking discuss it. So this is the reason why, though, which is fucking amazing. 
According to the Seattle Times, Councilmember Lisa Herbold waved around a legal analysis from the city attorney, one the council has yet to release to the public, and convinced Gonzalez and Mosqueda that, quote, many components of the legislation were neither routine nor necessary to address the pandemic. Therefore, continuing to hold meetings on the package risked running afoul of the governor's emergency proclamation, barring agencies from, quote, receipt of public testimony, deliberations, discussions, considerations, reviews, evaluations, and final actions that aren't necessary and routine matters or matters necessary to respond to the COVID-19 outbreak and the current public health emergency. Absolutely fucking bullshit. (laughs) Well, Greg, what may break down what that actually means, because, you know, uh, I think a normal person reading that just goes, what the fuck? So so basically, (laughs) like... The, you know, the text of the bill is essentially um, the tax Amazon, you know, the tax Amazon proposal with the addition of saying that at least for the uh, first year, the funding should go to um, relief efforts related to COVID-19. Because that's the that's the emergency we are in now with the future receipts of the tax um, going to um, combat our housing crisis and uh, a, you know, a Seattle Green New Deal program. Um, and Herbold's point is that those future parts of the bill, um, you know, earmarking these funds for our housing crisis and, you know, Green New Deal stuff, do not, it, she believes, and I guess the city attorney's office do, doesn't believe mm-hmm. that debating or doing business on those issues complies with um that you know that item from uh Inslee's proclamation um and so that's yeah, a reason I mean, not to just procedurally like doing the procedure of um mm-hmm. government to vote on this stuff doesn't comply with that because it's not immediately related to COVID-19 so what they're saying is what Herbold are saying and what um uh, Gonzalez and Mosqueda were, I guess, convinced of is that the city council cannot do any business at all, cannot, again, take testimony, do hearings, hold meetings on any business at all that isn't uh, related directly to COVID-19 relief or response or whatever, or routine and necessary business, which I guess means... Um, all the the laws that have already been passed, and so any new ones would be. I mean, think. I mean, just where do you stop? It's like so they just they the city that just basically means they can't do anything because routine and necessary is obviously very um, uh, subjective. There, I you know I think uh, a city taxing to provide services that are needed would be routine and necessary. But even arguing that point is idiotic because that if unless that. That is either way outside of the, this interpretation is either way outside, at least as it pertains to local government, way outside of the scope, uh, the intended like spirit of um, the, the, you know, uh, missives from the state or the direction from the state is absolutely insane. The, are, they're, they're meeting on this stuff virtually, aren't they? This is all virtual, right? They're not actually meeting in chambers, right? Yeah. I th- I've seen like footage of them on, on you know, uh, Zoom, right? They're not meeting in person. That has to be what the 
governor's shit refers to, right? Am I crazy? Like, I haven't looked into this or to understand it because it just sounds insane. Either way, either way, one of them is fucking crazy. Either Inslee's mm-hmm. saying no government agencies can do any business that's new. No one can do any new anything unless it's related to, the, for what, po- you know, that's a, a bizarrely blanket statement that is mm-hmm. totally subjective and doesn't make any sense if you're actually if it's not if it's referring to if it's unless unless it's referring to meeting in person which is what it, i would presume it's talking about or yeah the or their interpretation is that's obviously not correct it's referring to like meeting in person uh and they're just fucking full of shit and just uh, i mean so it's, it's absurd to be talking about this because obviously this is just the most fucking naked like procedural ploy um, bizarre procedural ploy. Well, I mean, the uh, you know, I mean, Rich gets it right with the headline, which is fears over disrupting Seattle process disrupts Seattle process on big business tax. But I mean, that's that's a funny way to put it. But really, I mean, it's just craven. And the funny thing is for Lisa Herbold to think to herself, to have the instinct, this is going to play this. I'm going to get away. I, I need to stop this tax from happening. I need to you know, this is our progressive slate, uh, Lisa Herbold. I need to do the bidding of business. I need to stop this tax from happening. And the way I need to do it is exploiting this language uh, in the coronavirus, um, you know, stuff out of the state and thinking, yeah, this is a good plan. Or she's just so far up her own ass, like her own Seattle progressive ass that she actually is genuinely like worried like how would say how crazy would you have to be to like not and not stand on that and not have the backbone to go like oh well if that's the interpretation the state takes that's insane and we'll fight it and it's fucking stupid because we're meeting on zoom yeah so um i mean just any way you look at it it's horseshit well and rich actually points out i think to answer your question about what's going on here that uh s dot actually just announced that you know they're going to open 20 miles of streets close them off to traffic and open them up to pedestrians and that's going to become permanent interestingly able to do that during the pandemic even though it extends past the pandemic and really has nothing to do with the pandemic so it appears that this rule applies to some things and not to others and wouldn't you know it well when it comes to taxing business you can't do it. I mean, it's funny to point that out, you know, that the city doesn't even have its own shit together on this. But it it, it can't because it's a, it's insane. It's, it's embarrassing to even be talking about this seriously, like to be debating the points of this because it's obviously just so fucking craven and cowardly yeah. and stupid. Well, and again, like, it's, it's like it's I, I, again, the, nece- the necessary and routine business of government is to govern, which includes doing if you're saying the <laughs> to take this stance is to say that the necessary and routine business of government is to ruthlessly maintain the status quo without any innovation, like a Salafist level uh, um, distrust of innovation. Uh, yeah. And like, um, you know, in favor of the status quo forever. Like that's the routine and necessary business of government, which uh, checkmate, I uh, that is actually true. So um, fuck me. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's interesting because even in their own sort of argument over this bill, right, they take a hyper-literalist, you know, interpretation of the 
you know, governor's order, right? While at the same time, taking an extremely casual interpretation of the bill itself, right? To be like, hey, look, I know it says that it has COVID-19 relief in it and emergency relief and stuff like that in it. But, uh, I mean, why read all that, buddy? <laughs> no, <laughs> like, like, you're, you're looking at the wrong thing. It's so almost like... It's to get to literalist in one sense. But yeah, well, a lot well, to, of work to get to the, to get to the point of, ooh, this, the rest of this bill doesn't help isn't related to COVID-19, which you couldn't easily make an argument that it is uh, necessary. Like this is something, you know, we our mm-hmm. city, our society is unprepared for a disaster like this because we aren't, we don't have like housing protections, for example. That's a very easy case to make. One you could make while legislating, which is the business of government. Um, but you actually have to sort of use the fact that there's a specific COVID-19. It's almost like the the presence of the specific COVID provision in the bill in contrast makes the rest of it not COVID related, which again is like a, a a logical somersault. Um, only, uh, someone incredibly craven and stupid, uh, could even think to make. Yeah. And so again, we begin with our predetermined conclusion that we're not allowing this bill through in any, you know, circumstance. And then they worked backwards, right, to get there. And so Rich Smith goes on, right? He says, uh, Herbold now suggests a narrowing, quote, the scope of the Swamp Morales proposal to address only the current public health crisis, which is a nice way of preventing the tax from addressing the actual needs of the city. Or they suggest postponing until the governor allows in-person meetings again, which will give big business more time and more leverage. The tax is emergency legislation, so that's if they tried to pass it now. The tax would be emergency legislation and therefore immune from referendum, so Mayor Jenny Durkin and seven city council members would have to sign off on it. Durkin hates the tax. Council member Alex Peterson hates the tax. And probably one or two or half of the others don't like it either. So, again, we get to the actual meat of what's happening here, which is we have a right-wing city council and mayor who don't want to do this, you know, and are going to find yeah. any reason not but to. But let's keep in mind, for you know, for the rest of our discussion tonight, a right-wing democratic council and mayor. Yeah, yeah exactly. Progressive. I, These are people who I, call themselves progressives. And I will point out, so he says Alex Peterson hates the tax. Well, a couple of weeks ago, we read a wonderful written by Alex Peterson and definitely not uh, a flack for Windermere real estate. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, written by Alex Peterson editorial, where he suggests in that very editorial, this strategy for yeah. defeating this tax. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yep. Making just it extremely you know, just interesting. Doing emergency he provisions. Will. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he willed it into the world, I guess. <laughs> so uh, business, once again, uh, basically stomps on this shit. And I love, he gives this just at the end of his article, and people should go read this article, it's very good, but towards the end, second to last paragraph, he gives this just fucking amazing quote from uh, uh, Lorena Gonzalez. He says, Though Gonzalez said in a statement that she continues, quote, to believe that the city council should at an appropriate time, deliberate on potential mechanisms to raise progressive revenue. <laughs> so, because you throw any more fucking qualifiers into that. <laughs> uh, it's fucking, fucking yeah. gobbledygook. Well, listen. Yeah, we should, is... maybe in the future, if we get to it, potentially. Hey, man, this is progressive Seattle. Pro- this yeah. is it, dude. This is what we have. Yeah. And this is what, uh, this, you know, this is the city council in 
one of the supposedly most progressive, bluest, most enlightened fucking cities in the country. And that should tell you a lot about <laughs> what we can expect from our national government, which is in the hands yeah. of actual conservatives. And the only countervailing force is more people like the, these fucking people. Well, Greg, the thing is, is you, you look, you show your ignorance again. All right. Because uh, I believe it was the Washington Post just leaked uh, a plan from the Trump administration to not only provide aid, but cut deficits as well. Oh, so, wow. Deficits. Yeah. Yeah. That thing we're all worried about. Yeah. Right so, now. Ever. I mean, ever, ever at any time <laughs> worried about. Definitely right now. When, <laughs> when people are dying and the entire global economy is going to implode uh, largely because of America, because uh, a lot of the rest of the world is actually trying to prevent that from happening. Let's like keep in mind that, you know, again, Tory Britain is covering the salaries, 80% of the salaries of everyone who doesn't get <laughs> laid off, even when they're working from home, just so they don't have unemployment skyrocket. They don't have um, uh, everybody lose their job and the economy just unravel. You know, because they understand that it's not that like they'd be paying unemployment claims out on that those people anyway. So like mm -hmm. they're doing the proact. Someone like got that small point through to the conservative government. They're like, listen, unemployment insurance. These people have unemployment insurance. They're gonna get eighty percent of their wages anyway, or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, if they're getting laid off because they're not working, so if we just pay this through the employer so that they don't get laid off and everything keeps going. And so theoretically, maybe something can bounce back a lot mm -hmm. faster and a lot less people just die of starvation uh, in like a barren wasteland. Like this might be better <laughs> for us in the long run. Um, no one in America has gotten that fucking message. Uh, like that's so far off the table I mean, Bernie has said, like, he's tried to point out that other countries are doing this, too. Um, but he's like, like, uh, I mean, that also the, the ship has sailed. You know, we already have skyrocketing unemployment and, you know, they're not even fucking back in session. Um, and uh, but, you know, Bernie is his proposal is, you know, two thousand dollars a month uh, back through March and in to till we're out of this by three months, you know. Yeah. Um, and that's the proposal. That's just like, and yeah, I, I mean, it, you know what? It's not as good as, as I mean, you should be doing that and keeping everybody on payroll. But like, this is the, the basic, like the logic of that kind of a plan and the, and the, the $1,200 that did get put out that at least some people have started getting the logic of this is that you just need to get money out there because the economy is going to fucking collapse people it's not just right right now people are getting hit hard because they cannot pay their rent the more you let that go on the more the more individual people are going to just be utter just go through utter deprivation and starvation but mo the more and more of the economy just unravels the more, you know, the more and yep. more of our of our housing stock is empty while people are on the streets. That's not good for landlords either. OK, like to just take the the like. Our, this is about helping individual people survive this, but it's about preventing 
an economic cataclysm. And that, so that's the proposal from Bernie. So that's like what's, that is like the, the hail Mary right now that I don't think, mm-hmm. I don't think we'll get through at least in that form without a lot of other caveats, this possibly being one of them. So anyway, go on. What is this proposal? All right. So the, uh, this is from the Washington Post now. The proposal calls for giving, um, this is a, they call an unorthodox and unique plan. Uh, the proposal calls for giving Americans $10,000 up front. Woohoo! I, I'm listening. <laughs> Go on. In, <laughs> in exchange, uh oh, <laughs> for curbing their federal retirement benefits, such as Social Security, the report says. So for ten grand now, you'll just lose ten grand in social security down the road. Now, like you know, when I first read this, I I just wasn't thinking about it that closely, and I was thinking like, this is what they it was for like cutting. They meant in exchange for cutting social security broadly, like as a compromise, mm-hmm. right? As a an, a cost offset. Um if they're actually talking about like that's and that's different from giving like people an individual choice to like cash in or not um mm-hmm. are, are you clear on which it is it, you're not i don't know that you're given a choice i think you just get the money and lose it okay maybe security. if that's it honestly let's hope it's that because here's the thing uh <clears throat> look this would be this is terrible i mean obviously this the right wing has wanted to gut um uh, social security since it was invented we are now back to a state where both parties are ideologically aligned um, and are just different networks of careerists uh, who, who in alliance so they both want to do this joe biden's wanted to do this forever nancy pelosi wants to do this if this is a tactic that gets them this it gets um the demo it gives, gives the republicans a big bargaining chip of getting money out to people one that will be very popular short term, probably, you know, in that people would love a $10,000 check. I mean, holy shit. Um, oh, yeah. Then the Democrats, because they're, again, they want to do this and they're incredibly stupid, will think, ah, this gives us a bargaining chip. They'll think it's a bargaining chip in the opposite way. They'll be like, oh, we can throw a bone to the people and we can cover our our right, our vulnerable right flank uh, with our our very concerned suburban voters who are very concerned about deficits. We can cover ourselves by saying, look, we did this in a deficit responsible way by finally making a grand bargain on cutting Social Security, you know, and they'll be they'll they'll run on that. They'll be like, look what we Mm -hmm. did. Like we managed to get the impossible to happen. We not only took care of the people in this crisis, but we actually fixed social security by the long term by gutting it. Um, and that is funny uh, in that they are that stupid. I mean, it comes from their actually wanting to do that. Um, the, the thing they'll have trouble, the harder part being convinced of is the giving people $10,000, but, mm-hmm. but, you know, they might be convinced because obviously they'll see like that'll be popular. There are there'll be, you know, arguments for doing that, you know, because uh, people need it. And then when you put it together with the other thing, yeah, who knows? It could happen. There's certainly not going to be the um, people who stand, you know, they're not going to 
I mean, we'll be lucky to get anything for anything at this point. But here's my the other point. I made this point on Twitter. You know, I sort of uh, uh, cribbed a little from Mao. <laughs> Keep people alive now. Lose retirement money. Money can be taken again. Let people die now. Keep retirement money. People and money both lost. Uh, <laughs> the point being, like, this would be stupid for the Democrats to do. It would be bad. It would set this. And the reason it's bad, right, is like it's it's this incredible American political precedent of touching Social Security, like putting your hand on the third rail and tearing it up out of the ground. Um, as you're like, you know, electrified and become all powerful. Uh <laughs> But uh, you like could gain like a super a democratic superpower. But um, the thing is, like, people need that money. People need money now. The economy is going to collapse. Ten thousand dollars. If it really came to that, and that got out to like every American, of course, I'm sure there'd be all kinds of co- they they'd end up being caveats, and they'd end up like not giving it to every something bad. You know, or it wouldn't be. It'll end up being a thousand. It'll end up being like five hundred dollars, and you lose Social Security. Um, but as stated in this proposal, honestly, that would be hugely important now. And you know what? Money now is better than money later. Um, oh, yeah. That's just that's true. I'm sorry. Like that's real. Now the political precedent would be bad, right? Touch like actually ripping up this third rail. But here's the thing. Like we're at this point where this country's falling apart. We have like right-wing proto-fascists in government. The world's going to end because of global warming. Like we actually kind of have to think like if we're, if we don't take massive action, if there isn't some level of actual revolution, like none of this shit matters anyway. So I say if this happens again, I'm not arguing for this. I think this would be really stupid if the if the because the Democrats should be it should be putting together a a solid front and demanding every day on every fucking TV screen that we all get huge assistance from the feds because we need it. So they should in a in a world where they weren't craven austerians. Uh, in the service of Wall Street, they would be demanding this and it would be so obvious and so popular and such an easy fucking thing that they would be able to get us all 10,000 bucks or at least 2,000 a month for the foreseeable future, which will probably come to that, come to the 10,000 easily. Um, Mm -hmm. They would be doing that. So I'm not actually advocating this, but I'm saying if they, if they're stupid enough to get through this, there is, it's all is not lost because actually getting that money right now would be huge. And in the end, we need a revolution anyway. And we can, if it means you have to get Social Security back later, that's that's actually not a bad position to be in. Because um, yeah. we're going to need to do bigger things than get Social Security back. And if we well, can't, so- if we can't do that, it means we can't. We can't do anything really. So it's like it means the right is in power forever, and we all just die. So yeah. if you can get that money out of the government now and for this you know promise that over the next several years like social security will be gutted to the bone like um you know what there's there'll be there's reason to hope uh is all i'm saying on the other hand if it's actually like that you get a choice to like cash out ten thousand of your social security and don't get it later then it becomes this moral thing um that's like you know, so when you're an old person eating dog food to survive, they'll be like, well, you you know, you made the market choice to 
to cash in for that 10 grand. And then that, you you know, that's not good. I think that's exactly what the plan is, right? And I'll tell you what, what will end up happening is if they propose this, the Democrats will immediately say, but what if like a rich person gets it? Let's means test it and we'll make it optional poor people, which of course all poor people take it because you need the money. And then they'll come back later. So what they need for social security is they need a beachhead, right? They need a beachhead to start from. So they'll do the 10,000, they'll take the 10,000 away from poor people. Then in a year or two, they'll go to those same poor people and be like, dude, man, you got like 10 grand taken out of your social security. I mean, for a crisis, even you should take 10 grand out of everybody's social security. This is the like whittling point, right? Where they get in and start fucking, you know, destroying this. And the reason I know that that's the way it's going to go is because the next line of the Washington Post report says, Arthur Laffer, a conservative economist advising the White House on his economic response, said in an interview that he reviewed the presentation and supports it. And so for fans out there... He is a uh, hundred years old. I know. I'm sure it is at least eighty. <laughs> Jesus but Christ! So, so Art Laffer's like whole fucking life is based on what's called the Laffer curve, which is yeah. one of these bullshit economics things where you just draw a picture on the wall and you go, "See, that's how it works." But um, his whole thing has been like, "Hey guys, there's a relationship between tax rates and tax revenue accrued. So there's a golden number, right, for your tax rate. And wouldn't you believe it? It's really that low. golden number." Is always really low, especially for rich people. And what happens is, which happened in Kansas, reinstituted this in every other state and now at the federal level, but what happens is, is when you lower the tax rates, you actually don't accrue any revenue, uh, obviously. Yeah, weird how that happens. Well, look, it's based on the basic trickle-down logic that says if you give money to rich people, they'll invest it, you'll have economic growth, and blah, 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 blah. And just just as they claim that will trickle down to the poorest people, they also claim that, ah, because of that, that brings in more revenue in taxes even if uh mm-hmm. the even if tax rates are low uh hen- yeah hence this curve yeah and laughernous people are all very well aware because of course they have been trying this for decades and it's never worked once so they're very well aware of what's actually happening which is yeah you collapse the revenue base for the state or the you know whatever government you know level you're doing this at you collapse the revenue base then you come back in the same economists will come back in and say Oh shit, dude! You don't got any revenue anymore. Better cut social programs, right? Yeah, so it's it's, it's, it's literally real, just a austerity Trojan horse. Basically. Yeah, La- Laffer is actually makes a just a very clear one of the most sort of clear and concise uh, ways of thinking about like the um, the like multiple levels, uh, the strata of this conservative movement, like con, you know, where mm-hmm. like. You know, yes, there are people who really believe it somewhere. And then there are billionaires who who just will do anything to preserve their own and grow their own money and power. And then in between, there are think tank types and intellectuals who will be paid to come up with whole, like, intellectual fucking traditions, you know, for decades. Like, whole, like, schools of thought that some of them probably do believe like right at mm-hmm. some points and others you know know they're making up a grift you know that they're making up a long con like it's it's so multi-layered and laffer is just a perfect example of that because it is so it's so specific and so um accountable you know mm-hmm. um it's obvious you know it's obviously bullshit yeah, when he's been at it long enough and was in the game early enough that he is a absolute like cynical villain. Like Arthur Laffer is 
one of the worst humans that humanity's ever created. Again, um, I mean, uh, as evidenced by the fact that he is still alive, like exactly. I'm shocked. I, I, I would have never guessed that he was still. Alive. He's got to be like a hundred years old. Uh, he apparently, yeah, is like a fucking a million years old, and uh, apparently was an advisor to Trump in the in the election in 2016 as well. So, I mean, just a whole. I don't remember ever catching thing. that. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, brought to, yeah. Trump gave him the Medal of Freedom after the election, but uh, he. Uh, oh, I missed. I missed that. He, yeah, he was brought to prominence by the Reagan administration, which again, just a holy. A lot of those guys are back. It's wild, right. man. Yeah, yeah, fucking rules from all. Um, yeah. So yes, yeah, so that's the the beautiful Trump plan uh, to gain that beachhead on that social security, so that uh, the Democrats can sign it away. Uh, but the Democrats have a plan of their own. It's reported by Axios. Uh, okay, so, so if you're thinking to yourself, but wait, the Democrats won't let this happen because they're the party that's for things like Social Security and human beings being alive, uh, etc., or whatever. Just listen to this shit. <laughs> so this is from Axios, and they're talking about uh, the proposed plan that uh, now Nancy Pelosi and House Democrats are coming up with for you know a, a new sort of relief funding package. Uh, the package in total, t- totaling to four and a half trillion, I think. But uh, House leadership is also working on narrowing down the guidelines for how these funds are allocated to ensure that people aren't, quote, double dipping into the different pots of money, a senior Democratic aide told Axios. What? Uh, for, <laughs> for example, they do not want someone who is receiving more unemployment money to also receive another stimulus check and other benefits. Excuse me? Quote, uh, we're trying to limit the amount of overlap so people aren't abusing the system. Abusing uh, the, the system? First of all, you can't abuse the system if if that's the system. I mean, people are just getting the money, but fuck you. You didn't have a check to buy. Bo- I didn't have to check a box that says, I deserve this money legally to get my uh, Trump check or my Bernie bucks and my unemployment. Um, so first of all, fuck you. So, I mean, obviously, you know, we're talking about, I, this is, it's just, this is gobsmacking. Obviously we're talking about, you know, means testing, which is forget the like reason behind it. What we understand about means testing is the point is to exclude people. It's to keep people out of it. And the reality is it's more complicated, messier, and just lets people fall through the cracks, even who maybe could get it. Um, and what they're saying is, but the, pick about what the fuck they're saying. So people who are employed, we understand that like stuff like the 1200 bucks and any further money, like maybe $2,000 a month that they're considering it does need to go out to people, but I guess just people with jobs, those are the people mm-hmm. who need to stimulate the economy. So the people who haven't lost their jobs, those people need uh, stimulus money, quote, which I mean, isn't really what it, I mean, it, it is partially what it is. It's, re- it's, it's like relief money for people, but broadly what makes it like applicable as a stimulus is that it is going to everyone because in the end, the effect is. You're giving all this money to everybody, even people who may not need it, because who gives a fuck? But that's going to maybe have some level of stimulus on a dying economy in that it's getting in the hands of everybody. Um, But like, yeah, so people who are on unemployment, uh, you know, don't need this money, this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So what they're saying is so knowing how these people think, too, this is literally their point here is that so. You know, on unemployment, you're going to get the $600 bump, right? Per, it's either per week or per check, right? 
And then if it's only if it's COVID-19 related, of course, uh, you're at employment, but you'll get the $600 bump. Now, the problem is, is that if you are employed at this point, right, you'll might, you know, I think they're proposing $2,000. So if you're employed at this point, you'll get a $2,000 check every month. Uh, but if you're on unemployment, you'll get the $600 bump, but they don't want you to get the $2,000 check as well, because then that gap between you and, and an employed person would shrink, right? And there needs to be that division there because you need to know that you hate those people and you don't like them, right? So the idea is if you're employed, you get to have your regular paycheck plus the two grand. If you're unemployed, you know, you'll have your, you know, extremely reduced paycheck in most states, 40% of your regular income plus, you know, $600 a week, right? And uh, that way you don't reach the level of the employed people, right? The, the gap is maintained. Yeah, the point of the $600 extra a week is a way for the federal government to simply, without a lot of bullshit, uh, just dramatically raise the unemployment compensation because it's way too low for most people. Uh, And yeah, I mean, the, the fact is, the thing is, it does sort of fly in the face of the way all these people think. This is something that Bernie had to fight for, you know, um, Mm -hmm. sort of implicitly threatened to filibuster, that um, the awful bailout bill, if it didn't include um, this 600 bucks a week extra yeah. in unemployment. And yeah, you know what? This logic flies against everything because it is a lot of money for, for low-wage workers making unemployment who are going to get you know nothing in un- like shitty paltry unemployment that doesn't come close to even their shitty paltry wage they're making. And so yes, this improves that in a blanket way that's big that yeah, goes against everything Nancy Pelosi fucking believes. And this, we understand this is stuff coming out of Nancy Pelosi's office. This is like Dem leadership yeah. in the house putting this together and, and talking about this, like it's a talking point, like it's concerned, like people will give a shit, like this is good politics for them, but it's really just what they believe, which is like the, the idea that some poor people might be getting away with getting some money that, we could otherwise justify not giving them, but I mean, break it down. If that matters, if it's like, if that matters, then why give it the money to employed people? Like if that's all that's going on here, if mm-hmm. like, why, why, why give 2000 a month to employed people? Like why? Because the economy is going to fucking implode. Okay. Because tons of people are just going to starve and die and need this money and the only way to get it out to them is to make programs as universal as possible and who gives a fuck if rich people get it and because the global economy is going to take is taking a massive shit like we have never lived through before uh and so yeah you know what what bernie was doing what he's calling for with this 2000 a month what he got in with the six it's wealth re- redistribution he it, it's uh it's shock doctrine man like and yeah. they're sensing that they're getting the, the way they're real they know that they know that that is what this is um it's very it's very easy to justify it's a very good case to make if they ha- wanted to make that case at all it would be very easy for them to do the democrats it'd be very easy yeah. and popular very popular for them to go out and be making this case but they act like they're on this defensive where people are going to be like oh but but rich people will get that or or uh the poorest people will will get a little will get $400 a month more in extra assistance they wouldn't have gotten outside of covid than than working people um blah 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 and and they act like that's a thing anyone will give a shit about and so they lead with that instead they could be saying 
we need this. We need to get this out there. Means testing is bullshit. It's a crisis. We just need to throw about our money. And and if someone says, well, but someone's getting a little more, you just say, shut the fuck up. Uh, we need yeah. to get money out to people. What some yeah some un- somebody who lost their job is getting a little more money from the feds extra yeah. like it doesn't everyone's different everyone's situation is different and it's going to come out in lots of different ways okay like it doesn't matter Jesus a few hundred bucks like it doesn't fucking matter like uh, well their deep concern I think at its core right is I mean one they don't want to give anything out they just want austerity but the big thing is also that their main concern is like a fear. It's mainly informed by like a fear of leveling, right? Again, yeah. it's this, it's the old idea, right? Of like, well, if, uh, if it's weighted any way heavier towards the poor or whatever, like towards, you know, unemployed, uh, you know, uh, service sector workers, well, then they might be making close to what, uh, you know, some marginally employed like tech worker makes, right. Or something like that. Right. And, and they just, they, the concept, you know, the very concept to them, that the bottom of the economy might move up a little and be in comparison well, with a, yeah. a, a next step up is so fucking abhorrent to them that they have to put in these, you know, million little like uh, these million little cuts in the in the bill, right? That'll make everybody fucking hate it because God forbid, you know, anybody get moved up in any way, right? Well, and because you know, you know that might say that you could do that all the time, right? It's also that, you know, because Nancy Pelosi is just a conservative, a conservative yeah. human being with a conservative, like, Burkean worldview. Yeah, uh, far to the right of Richard Nixon, far to the way, right of... Oh, my God, yeah, way to the right of Richard Nixon, Nixon because yeah. she would happily also, like, bomb countries back to the Stone Age as well. Mm-hmm. So, yes, way to the right of oh, yeah, Richard Nixon. Agrees with um, everything, on for- everything on foreign policy, right? And yeah, far to the right so, of... Uh, so so because of that they're also already picturing all these people these millions of people have just gotten laid off in their minds they have they instantly these people are now to them have just become a now a growing swelling criminal class okay Mm -hmm. that's who they're thinking these people who've because of this just gotten shut down out of their jobs this is now a growing criminal class who are a danger and then when they see, when they hear, if they hear at all, oh, the economy is going to implode, what they are, wor- the worry they have, the conservative worry they have is that if these people on the, on the coming, in the coming crisis where we need to get the economy back cranking again, if these people are feeling, these swine are feeling so, you know, high on the hog, so fucking flush and if they've just like, oh, man, over the last few months, they've just gotten like all their dental work done and, you know, they've they've been able to see a doctor. They've like, you know, done some home improvement projects. They've gotten their car fixed. You know, they got the transmission done uh, and brakes on their car. And they've like, man, shit, they've even maybe got like five hundred dollars saved. And they, you know, when there was like a sale on jameson they bought a case you know um mm-hmm. they started drinking like grocery store wine blends during this time uh you know <laughs> red blends um and they're thinking like if this if these people like are feeling flush are instead of feeling desperate for work are feeling flush and are like living it up and having a good time like 
you know, uh, building a treehouse for their kids, then when we need to get the economy going again, we're going to have problems because the price of labor is not going it's to not be sufficiently low enough. It's not yeah. going to be low enough because they want what they're seeing is like, ah, oh, well, at least we can get this economy going again because when it comes back, the price of labor will be so fucking astronomically low because we have such high unemployment that we can get this going again. Okay. And that and good, good. That's good. Then business can start making money again. But then they see this the, the rub here. Ah, what if actually people don't want to work? as much and won't take a shitty job because they're they've had got a few more dollars in their pocket to stay alive during this time this is insane and completely out of touch and only something someone with two like ten thousand dollar refrigerator freezers full of ice cream can think because actually that's fucking batshit crazy this money is going to allow people to barely like survive um and yeah maybe maybe it will allow some people to like get some you know get some projects done while you know spend some money on some shit they need that they haven't been all this time while they're not working maybe some people most people you know it's all gonna be shit they need okay everyone's back on their rent everyone's got debt everyone needs fucking work on their car when the when we try to bring this economy back i'm talking like them now the, yeah. it's, we're gonna have a demand problem okay they think that this they don't understand the scale of this crisis like i don't think nancy pelosi all i can figure is she hasn't actually read a newspaper in 20 years and i don't i mean maybe she gets clippings from the op-ed section of the wall street journal right but she does she know that in tory britain they are covering all salaries of people all a business has to do is say um i don't want this person to work right now and they get uh, their salary covered and well, we, we know exactly how she feels about all that because, I, yeah, I mean, she'd be shocked that the Tories are doing that. But certainly when uh, Corbyn was running, we know that, you know, through Cap and through Nira, Nancy Pelosi's, you know, gal pal, that uh, they were hard against. They were, you know, pro-austerity no, no, but labor. But my point against. is this. Yeah, no, of course. Uh, of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, but yeah. that should tell them if, if, if these people... I, I really wonder, do they know what's going on or are they just getting fed conservative shit from their like crazy careerist, like um, think tanker staffs? Right. Because like, have you can you process the information that the Tory government in Britain is doing this? You would go, wait a minute. That seems incredibly big that seems like, well, like what is going on that they felt like they needed to do that but what they're worried yeah, well, about like Chud, though, she can only interpret that as the tories are communists now like she, I mean, that's like her brain literally cannot interpret that information like that's, that, that's where at, i mean right? that's why i don't think i i don't get it because they really think we're going to have that we're going to have like a supply side problem um mm-hmm. and the reality is the bottom is going to fucking drop out so bad. No one's going to have any money to buy anything if you don't do if you don't give out this fucking money. And we're not. And it's that's it. Like we're going to have a massive depression, like we haven't seen in a hundred years. And uh, the only way to prevent that is giving people this money. Okay, the fact that people are will be starving and want to go back to work. Um, is not going to bring the economy back people. And if you give people this money, what it will mean is, uh, they will have money to buy things, which will keep demand from completely cratering. And then they will still be desperate to go back to work after, especially if you, you know, take the money away when it's safe to go back to work, you know, (laughs) like, I mean, that's pretty simple. 
Well, I mean, you know, that was the sort of classic uh, formulation that Marx has in Capital, right? Of capitalists can't are like literally incapable of saving themselves. And yeah. I mean, Keynes in his own time had brutal knockdown drag out fights as well as all the Keynesians of like the Roosevelt administration had brutal knockdown fights over this yeah. where, you know, in their own parties, et cetera, right? Which sit there, people would say, well, no, people should only get assistance to the actual, like, absolute bare minimum of subsistence if assistance is given at all. And, you know, they would sit there and, like, I'm sure scream at the wall that is these dumb fucking faces of these just elite fucking shitheads. But, you know, so scream and be like, that's not the fucking point of giving them the money. It's not to get them to bare subsistence. Like, these are the people that actually move the economy. These are the people who buy things. It's the actual like, engine of your economy. You have to prime the bump. You have to give them fucking money or they won't have any money to spend and the crisis will keep getting worse but you know literally no rich person in america believes that like they and you can't convince them of it either you have to overwhelm them with force right in order to save their own dumb system <laughs> yeah but i guess they're you know they're like any chud who can't see like mm-hmm. what who can't see the larger connections they see their own corporate tax rate their own capital yep. gains tax rate that's what they see and that's how and the amount of profit they're able to bring in uh you know determines success in their mind so they can't yep. see the direct connection between the the far the wider connection right and they're certainly not teaching it in business school so i mean you know you know it's not like there's political education camps for uh you know for ceos i mean like that teach them this shit so uh and then allow them to go back on doing capitalism um yeah i mean they're fucking stupid all they see is the the direct things that they can you know see on a balance sheet and say ah i'm paying more or less taxes um Mm -hmm. when i mean we you know uh, and then they're so wrapped up i mean we're so wrapped up in the bullshit i mean the democrats of course are big uh, deficit hawks you know the deficit thing again being another example of this shit like the laffer curve which is just made up horse shit that is designed that is carrying water for other things um that you know because we don't need yeah. we don't need to tax business anymore to pay for this shit um doesn't fucking matter we would a society that was doing a society they but and the demo you know your libs don't get that the conservatives who know who are pushing this grift know that any society that does start paying for social welfare uh and becomes more democratic is going to start taxing the rich whether it's strictly necessary or not because it's better mm-hmm. and um because they will want to because because they don't because anyone who anyone who's not rich who has any political power is going to look at a rich person and go give me your fucking money i mean they that's you know this is the great dem- fear yeah. of democracy uh throughout time so yeah, well, yeah, all the way back to the founding of this country included. But yeah, and I think the thing too is that this comment about like what the wealthy see and what they don't see, I mean, really their only like vehicle for interpreting the world is the rate of growth of their own wealth, right? And so that's why you get these like insane things where Bill Gates talks, you know, about like, you know, these laws that they talk about in Seattle, if those things pass, like, I don't know if that's the kind of place I'd want to live. The reduction of Bill Gates's law, you know, like wealth, one is negligible whether it happened at all, but let's just say it did. Let's say uh, Shah was what passed some tax that reduced Bill Gates' wealth by half. He would still have what thirty billion dollars. Yeah, but that, right? yeah, you that, saw yeah, that you're right. That's not insane amount okay. of money. That's not yeah that he would never ever have to. But that's not what matters. What matters is the rate at which well, his wealth is growing. Sociopath who has gotten to that place. You've gotten to that place because you are obsessed with defining mm-hmm. yourself by 
the your rate of return you know um so Mm -hmm. you know our system is built to uh for this for the psycho to thrive you know i mean yeah yeah so i mean for nancy pelosi who's an extremely wealthy human being extremely uh, sociopath yeah that is all she gives a shit about right so this concept again of you know priming the pump this thing that i mean the funny thing about keynesianism is it's like the most obvious and like you know obvious it's the most obvious solution to a crisis but she can't see it because that would probably affect her bank account on some level right at least in the immediate short term and you know she's just not going to do anything that makes her less wealthy you know tomorrow than she is today right everything is about growing her personal wealth (laughs) yeah i mean uh, let's you know let's not give her so much like steely-eyed credit there like well i don't even know that she like dude she she's yeah, always she's again like the layers of of con here are are many so she is she didn't invent these these sort of cons she didn't she wasn't paid oh, to sure. invent them she's one of the dumb shits who believe it because it happens to flatter her own needs too so it was very it's very easy to convince yeah. someone like her who's a dumbass but who's also a, like a selfish sociopath rich person when you tell them hey this is how the world works conveniently it's very good for you um mm-hmm. and your interests but yeah this is how the world works so it's very this is how money works so it's very important for you to push uh this line uh you know, it's very easy to convince someone like Nancy Pelosi of that. So that is what these, yeah. why you invent these, um, why conservative, you know, economics exists, why economics exists is to, yeah, invent, scary, yeah. is to invent these, uh, these ideologies that people can then point to and go, ah, this is, this is correct. This is how the world works conveniently enough for me. So I'm going to devote my life to the, to austerity, you know? Yeah, and I mean that's the function of ideology, right? You know, when you know Marx had his comment that like you know the the elements of like capital, the functioning of capital happens behind the capitalist back. Like the argument is that Bill Gates probably really does believe that he's being a good Samaritan with his like giving challenge and stuff, and his own personal wealth just keeps growing anyway, somehow miraculously, right? You know, like. I, I don't know that even sit around like a super... Well, actually, actually, I do believe Arthur Laffer sits around like a fucking supervillain thinking about this shit. But people like Pelosi, yeah. I mean, she's never had a conscious thought of it. But this is... Everything gets interpreted through this like subconscious, you know, mesh, right? That is basically saying, you know, will this increase your income? Will this increase the income of the people, you know, the bank accounts of the people that you uh, go to the country club with and that you go out to dinners with and go to the Met Gala with and things like that? Will increase their income? And if that initial check mark doesn't get checked that fucking information right. just doesn't it's get not, to the rest of it's not brain. that that's the <laughs> conscious qual- qualification that someone like nancy pelosi is looking at everything but that is a tripwire that is a a tripwire yeah. in a minefield that prevents other ideas from getting through you know other points of view from getting through other <laughs> economic concepts yeah. from getting through it's not you know it's if something trips that wire it's gonna be very easily easy to convince someone like nancy pelosi that it's bad yeah but exactly, I, mean, right? I, I gotta push back i don't think nancy pelosi has ever had a conscious human thought at all so just period yeah yeah 
I mean, the one thing that you do have to like understand about most politicians is they're not particularly bright. Like they're mm-hmm. like they're not giving deep, yeah, they're not yeah, they're not giving deep thought to things and a lifetime of being in DC and then going to fundraisers in exactly like three cities in America no. uh has turned people, them into fucking monsters. People like, <laughs> thought people like Arthur Laffer types, you know, with steepling their mm-hmm. fingers, have built schools of thought that have helped to build systems that have helped, that have uh, in their natural workings selected by these systems mm-hmm. people like Nancy Pelosi. Yeah. Dumbass people amenable to the preservation of great wealth. Uh, yeah. these and the people who give it constructed to, to pull up Nancy Pelosi's out of the ground um, fully formed. Yeah. It's a far, yeah, a farm I mean, these- for growing them. Yeah, exactly. Like Pete, you know, Pete Buttigieg or something, they like grow it as this fully formed thing. And it just is this like representation of their ideas in some sort of hopefully palatable form for the public. Because of course, if you put a guy like Milton Friedman or Art Laffer or something like that, or Paul Volcker, if you actually put them in front of the public and had them talk to people, I mean, people would just be reviled like instantly. <laughs> no, I mean, oh, yeah. they would never make it a second. I think they're conscious of that. So they create, they get these empty vessels. They create these empty vessels to sort of carry their platform forward. Right. But it's, uh, you know, it, it's people. Sometimes just for, I feel like people forget that about Larry Summers or he forgets that about himself. Yeah. Um, uh, like, you know, but, uh, cause he's right on the, yeah, end he occasionally, yeah, he occasionally tries to break into the public eye and then is usually immediately hit by a scandal <laughs> from, you know, like basically like, you know, black people can't do math or yeah. women can't do math. Both two things he's arguing just for. The shit he says is just heinous. <laughs> yeah. Know? But like, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's like, he's so outwardly awful that like, he's like unpalatable to, <laughs> you know, 90%. I mean, he's like, um, he's not quite as, you know, consciously um, sinister as these guys. Like he's one, he's one step on the con ladder down from like an Arthur Laffer, just one. Mm-hmm. He's still very consciously evil, um, but just like he's one rung down, but he maybe sometimes thinks he's like lower down than that. And so he should be like a public face with a public, like intellectual voice that normal people hear. Um, <laughs> and, or, you know, uh, and that's not, it just doesn't, it's not good. It's not a good look, but, uh, yeah. fuck man, he's going to be yeah. the next fucking, I don't know, uh, treasury secretary or something. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, he'll be right back in the, uh, white house. Uh, you know, it's fucking unbelievable. I mean, just legitimately unbelievable. Uh, I mean, Fed chairman, maybe, that, I don't know. Yeah. That the architect of the, you know, 2008, 2009 recovery, you know, in quotes, uh, could be the architect of the 2020, 2021 recovery is really one of the most astonishing like reality check uh for living in this time going like like if it's the same people we have yet another election that takes us from a democratic government to a a republican government a republican administration to a democratic one as an economy is falling apart globally and the same people who botched the first one Mm -hmm. are just installed to botch the next one yeah uh, well and i mean away, excuse me to commit the bank robbery um, yeah again, which they're already doing My well and one thing one thing that was very unique though about the 2007 or 2008 2009 changeover right uh was that you know in t- the 
previous Republican administration have been a very like outwardly, comically dumb administration that did just many awful things. And the Democrats were able to use that in the 2008 election and tell people, hey, look how awful, this is the worst president that's ever existed. Uh, just an absolute awful human being. So even the, like, you have to vote for our guy. Like, you just you just got to. Whether you like him or not, you got to vote for a guy. This is a lesser evil situation. Yeah, I mean, then, I know you're joking, then when, Brian. Then when their guy got into office, uh, he just continued all the policies and whatever of the Bush administration, yeah, uh, confirming mandate. some people's arguments at the time. Yeah, uh, I mean, you joke. But, on that spot now. <laughs> no, it's worse than that, Brian, because George W. Bush was at that point way less popular and way less fucking clout than and the the referendum again it could go that way with trump trump could become that unpopular by november if Mm -hmm. this all sinks into the country's head until then but we don't have a media that's going to help with that i'm talking about on the economy and on COVID 19 right now our media is not it's not telling certainly fox isn't but like even the rest of it it's not going to get through to people like, no, literally, like try to tell a normie American, like literally this is the worst country to be in in the world right now uh, for your likelihood of dying of COVID. They'd be like, you're fucking, that's stupid. Shut up. Um, and the economy, it's just not going to happen fast enough um, and universally enough. This is a weird scenario. Like it's hurting a lot of people hugely right now, but like that's going to be, it's also going to get be wrapped up in the COVID thing. And there's going to be people be able to think to themselves. Well, as soon as this is over, then it'll all go back to normal. People aren't going to be thinking to themselves. Oh, this is, you know, going to be weird. This is, we're now, you know, this is 1930 uh, and this is just getting mm-hmm. started, you know? So it could, it could come through, but I don't think the time scale is long enough for this, the reality to sink into enough people. So what's at, I think more likely is when this election happens, Trump will be way more popular than oh, yeah. Bush was uh, in oh, yeah. 08. And again, it could, could go the other way, but I, I don't, the time scale seems too short um, for where we're at now and the state of the country and the MAGA chuds and the media and whatever. And yeah, the difference, the other difference is Obama was this incredibly, uh, (laughs) apparently transformative, charismatic figure who was not just because of Bush's incredible unpopularity elected also on a wave of his own popularity. And, and then we still got the shit sandwich that we got. So now when this total, this total fucking, uh, like decrepit, racist dying uh rapist freak comes in with a mandate of 0.01 percent above trump um (laughs) you know the guy who's wanted to cut uh social security his entire career and is essentially an arch conservative i mean think of how much worse it's gonna be yeah. And again, a guy extremely to the right of Richard Nixon, basically to the right of Reagan for most of his career. But the thing is, yeah, I mean, the thing that people forget about OA is that George Bush was so fucking unpopular yeah. that John McCain actually asked him not to campaign for him and not yeah. basically told him, go into hiding while I'm campaigning. Yeah. Um, I mean, just astonishingly unpopular, which, yeah, Trump's not going to get to that level. Could, and absolutely could happen. I, it's, it's hard for me to picture that. I think it requires a Democratic Party that is able to frame the you know debate or whatever about or, you know, I mean, or a media 
a media that broadly, yeah. roundly turns on the on on the reality of what is happening in a way that they're not doing now. There, there are a lot of the media is broadly like against Trump, but of course, it's this super. It's all like it's always been all along. It's on yeah. this superficial, you know, civility discourse level, um, and they're not. <clears throat> they're ending up the the overall tone of. Uh, coverage, even of you know your MSNBC types and and other stuff that is covering you know the incompetence, the the goof em ups of the mm-hmm. bungled Trump response, it has this very sort of political tone to it, and it like a very like sort of partisan. Um, it has the same tone as it has the same vibe as like what they've been saying about Trump all along. It's not communicating the scale of the failure of America. Um, yeah. that this whole society is a fucking joke. I mean, we're getting, you know, Inslee being propped up in, you know, the New Yorker as like an example, the Washington state and King County, right. As an example of how to do this right. It's when in fact, that's horseshit. Um, and yet it's actually is probably one of the best responses in the country. Um, yeah, they're just the, the realities of what this is. And, and we're, you know, it's not being communicated again in a, a way that's going to sink into any large number of people, the scale of the economic devastation that's coming. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and the irony too, I just figured out there's a second irony. We should do a whole, we need to do an episode. We just talk the 08 election, but there's even a second irony there, which is the Republican party, you know, we can read into this, much you will, but the Republican party basically panicked because Bush was so unpopular. Uh, and they just went to the bench and were like, you know what, John, like, uh, we owe you, you've been here a long time. Like you've been a Senator yeah, a long time, yeah. been a loyal soldier. Like we owe it to you. But the thing was no Republicans like him. Like, I mean, that's the thing nobody remembers either. It's like, the Republican base doesn't like John McCain. Democrats like John McCain for fucking yeah. completely stupid, and arbitrary reasons. Like John McCain. Yeah, journalists love John McCain, which is probably why Democrats like him. Democrats literally like him because John Stewart likes him. But the thing is, is that like Republicans don't like John McCain, Never and did. so yeah, and so he basically had to bring on Sarah Palin, and she was like the only fucking like source of like energy or whatever for the base uh, that that could be mustered. And of course, you know, he ends up getting roundly just fucking trounced by Obama. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the Republicans get this completely lackluster candidate who only appeals to the other party and the other party will never vote for. <laughs> you know, I mean, just just right. astonishing. And what's you know? different here, I guess another big difference is this is the Trump is the incumbent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like Trump's the front runner at this point, like by a large margin. I mean, it's gonna take a lot for Biden to to, to sneak this one out, and I, you know, I don't know that he's got it at him. Oh God! Uh, I mean, I, that I think that goes true for anyone they try to replace him with, too. I mean, yeah. Well. I feel like we should close out here. I just want to give a shout out to, uh, again, Democratic Party, uh, longtime Democratic Party fucking shithead, uh, Governor Cuomo in New York for uh, promising the Gates Foundation that they could completely remake the New York City or the New York state school systems, public school systems. Worked great in New Orleans. So, oh, again, Democratic mayor in New Orleans who pushed that through. So, uh, wonderful. I can't wait to privatize the entire uh, New York state school system. That should be badass. What could go wrong, right? Cool. <laughs> Huge history of success over there at the Gates Foundation when it comes to education. Yeah, <laughs> so, loving it. Great. Yeah, I love it. It's just, it's just the beginning. <laughs> it's just the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> so with the characteristic upbeatness of all our shows, 
uh, you know, I think we should probably sign off right about here. Yeah. So oh, thank uh, you. We'll, we have Luke is our uh, newest patron. Thanks, Luke. Oh, thank you, Luke. All right. And uh, the rest of you guys out there do better. Become our patron. We need the money. Greg needs the money more specifically. But, you hey, know, man, I'm flush now. I've got the Bernie bucks coming in. Yeah, the Bernie bucks. We got the Trump bucks, too. A couple weeks got, ago, didn't you? Uh, no, it just came in. It came in like yesterday. Damn. I got a check from yeah, Betty. Yeah, exactly. Greg, he's, he's already framed it and put it up on the boat. But Greg still needs your money because he's up armoring his boat to prepare for the future apocalypse that we're all facing. <laughs> yeah. Cool. I'm fitting I'm outfitting it with, uh, you know, uh, torpedoes, but not like not like a um, PT boat, you know, where they, they like launched off the deck more like um, the African queen where it's just like strapped to the hull uh, sticking out forward and uh, when the like sinking hulk of my boat runs into yours uh, it explodes oh yeah hell yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that or like the uh, I think it was in the 19th century when they like first experiment with torpedoes it would just be like two guys holding it and they would just throw it off the side of the boat <laughs> you know yeah, like, totally, there you dude. Go. Hell yeah. go dude yeah. <laughs> kind of like the first you just wind up the propeller and, and spin it <laughs> yeah. away yeah, yeah, it's like a children's toy. They just wind that fucker up and they'd be like, all right, chuck it off in the general direction. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Good times. Cool. All right. So Greg needs that money to make his battle boat. Uh, but for everybody else, uh, we'll see you guys next time.